It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, everybody. Eric Bischoff here. And have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host, John Alba, every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business. And this is some straight-up business talk here. No fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and, of course, the highly debated ratings. So if you want an unfiltered, brutally honest, anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry, well, Strictly Business is the series for you. And hey, if Elon Musk likes my tweets, and he did, you're going to love Strictly Business. Sign up now. And listen at adfreeshows.com. Do you love wrestling podcasts but hate all the ads? Well, you can get all the great podcasts early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It only starts at 9 bucks a month, but you get exclusive series at adfreeshows.com like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and tons more, and a chance to interact with your favorite podcast hosts every month. See for yourself why thousands of other wrestling fans say adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Adfreeshows.com. If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com. How's it going, everyone? John Alba here, filling in for my big man, Conrad Thompson. And this is DDP Snake Pit. Now, thankfully, you're not here to listen or watch me. You're here to chat with two of the biggest Hall of Famers in the history of history. First off, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you, my friend? Wonderful, 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 man. Just trying to keep it going down the road straight, you know? You've been doing well, pretty good at that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He's yeah. great at the that. The streak continues. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest streak in wrestling, quite frankly. Yeah, used to used to a streak for me was like one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, well, we're, years now. we're joined by a man who's got an undefeated WrestleMania streak of his own. I heard that on another episode of DDP Snake Pit, and that is, of course, Dallas Page. DDP, what's yes. going on, man? Good, yes. And Taker, you know, a lot of respect, brother, but I'm still the guy that's undefeated. One and oh, <laughs> we're not counting the battle. Talking about the streak, the streak, like Jake, man, I've been, I got to tell you, so many people, you know, come into my life and looking for, you know, some direction, whatever. I was looking for Jake's direction originally early. He would take mine. Now we take it together. It's, it's like, I never thought that I, that I would ever see Jake be at this spot of clarity no, and it's maybe. just amazing to me and it just shows one of the things you said and 
we were in Vegas at the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club. And someone was saying something and they were going, Jake, yeah, I wish I could quit. And you were coming up the stairs. You go, hey, bro, it doesn't have to be like that. No, no, man. You know, so you, it don't. you remind people all the time, man. Yeah, it's I just, just got a letter today, man, from a guy that, that got sober after watching the resurrection. Not only did he get sober, but he's lost 125 pounds, man. Wow. That's awesome. Man. Sobriety is a great thing, man. You, all of a sudden, you got time and money to do good things <laughs> in your life. And by the way, you don't go through money anywhere no, near as fast as you no. used to. I've never seen someone, because I was with Jake through all the beginning. We've been best friends for over 30 years. You know, we met in my nightclub, you know, years and years ago in, in the 80s. And I had never seen anybody blow through money as fast as he could. Again, he was high, you know. Getting high causes money problems. <laughs> you know, if, if anything, for getting yeah. sober for some people, just to, to save some money. Yeah, well, God's answer to having too much money is cocaine. Yeah. 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 That's true. I read that in a book somewhere. <laughs> well, now, when, I was, when I was in the club business, I watched that drug. Oh, God. And, and I was doing it myself, too, up till I was 29. And then I got... Like one one time I did it, it was like, whoa, what's that? Like I felt like reaching and going to grab me, you know. And I went, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. You know, having to parent myself as a kid growing up, you know, because my grandmother was raising me, and she's raising my brother and my sister too. But I'm pretty much raising myself, so that helped me later on. Yeah. You know, preparing myself you saved your ass. <laughs> but the club that we met in, yeah. Norma Jean's Dance Club. I mean, I watched so many guys, you know, that were really successful lose everything, everything. man. Everything. I did. Oh, you got it back. Yep. Well, we're so glad that uh, both of you are obviously thriving today here in your own respective arenas. And I'm so grateful that I get a chance to chat with you guys today about one of the greatest professional wrestlers uh, of all time. And that's uh, we've Ricky. talked about me enough. Well, it's actually somebody that you've talked about a lot on this show as is, and that's Ricky, the dragon steamboat. So oh, I drugged that kid through everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, instead of talking no. about just individual moments that you guys have intersected with him uh, we're going to talk about what made ricky the dragon steamboat so damn good at what he did ah, i know what's the answer his ability to sell unbelievable. unbelievable the way he took what you did to him and made it so much more than what it really was was unbelievable he knew when to do it he knew how much to do it and he knew when to turn it around. And he never went from here to here. So many guys today, they're down on their back. They can't get up. They can't get up. And two seconds later, they're jumping off the top rope on somebody. No. <laughs> he made it make sense. Uh, his ability to sell. When he sold, it made sense. People at ringside would be cringing and feeling what he was feeling because he, he showed it so well. When you can do that, and the other guy that does it is Ricky Morton. Yeah, another one. And Morton's does it. And I was just fairly saying, close. Both. I, I don't think Ricky was never a uh, Ricky Morton was never a heel, right? No. And neither was Steamboat. No. And that is so rare because you, you take one of the biggest baby faces of all time, Stinger, and everybody knows him as the good guy forever. 
but he was a heel yeah. coming in. Dusty, the biggest baby face, one of the biggest baby faces of all time. Was a heel. Was a heel. Isn't yeah, that? he beat up. He beat up. He beat up my dad back in the day. Well, him and um and Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. They, the outlaws. You know, yeah. but to do what Steamboat yeah. did and Ricky, because they're they're yeah. both they're they're unbelievable. They made you feel the pain. Yeah. You know, and and then you you pushed for the comeback. You wanted to see it, and that's why when people who don't understand what we you know we all grew up loving, the people who get it get it. You know, and when you see something like that, it's magic. Oh yeah, man! Steamboat would take you on a ride, man, and he would have you. I mean, I've been watching his matches before and catch myself rooting for him. <laughs> you know what the hell, Jake? <laughs> you know, or he'd be selling, and when he came back, I'd ask him, "Man, are you all right?" That's when you know you've done a sell job right. When the boys come to you and ask if you're all right. Now I'll take it another step further. Mm. I used to catch myself selling, and then after the match, that body part would actually hurt. <laughs> That's taking it too far. <laughs> I'd be like, damn, I did hurt my elbow. Yeah. You know, what did I do? I didn't do a damn thing. But you're in the ring, and you're selling it. You're selling. You're holding on. You're holding on. Oh, my God. He does something else to it, and it just has to, it has to go in steps. You don't go from zero to 100. You have to let a, a little bit, a little bit of a tinge, maybe a punch. Oh, you register it. Then you get a kick to the gut. You register that. Then you stand up. When you stand up, you get the clothesline. Now you're selling. Now you're selling. It's the crux of every good guy or or protagonist in any form of media, not just professional wrestling, right? Like when the audience feels with the protagonist, when they have passion, when they have empathy towards the baby face, proverbially, whether it's in a movie, TV show, or professional wrestling, that is how you know that you are damn good at what you do. And Ricky the Dragon Steamboat succeeded across uh, decades in doing so. What do you think was the key to his longevity in that sense? Well, the fact that he was in such great shape, number one. Ridiculous. And he was a (laughs) handsome devil with a great natural tan. Right. You know, I mean, every every young girl looked at him, ooh, you know, and just cringe. And his ex-wives love that. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, for me, I look at, like, I put Ricky, especially when it comes to selling and storytelling, in the same spot as Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. You know, when you watch that first Rocky, I mean, you're moving in the chair, like, ooh. You're throwing the punches <laughs> with him. You're doing it all, man. When you're really feeling it, and that's the way... You know, I watched with him and Steamboat, I mean, uh, him and uh, uh, Mach at that WrestleMania match. And that me and Mark Merrill were working together at the time. And for some reason, there was a period in time in wrestling where there weren't a lot of false finishes. Mm. It pretty much went right into the finish. There was a couple, boom, boom. And then the guy went over. I watched that match. Oh. You know, over and How over many? again. And then watching Steamboat and Flair, you know, very, very, very much the same thing. Like the storytelling that they got into and these guys work together a oh, thousand yeah. times. Yeah, at least. And that's and that's one of the real like it's like I was talking about earlier. I come in here, I'm working on my 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 talk I'm gonna do. It's for corporation, you know, inspirational thing. It's once I get it going, I can do it for every day, not even think about it. But that first 
month going into it. I got to yeah. work so much. That's what Ricky had with the greats like Macho Man. And he had it with Ric Flair. But me and Mero were working together. And if you go back and look at anything that me and Mero did, I can't remember if it was 95 or 96. Pretty sure it was, it was 95-ish in the 96. I watch those tapes and I watch it and I watch it. And then I call Mero up. I call Mark, come on over. Let's watch this. Watch what they're doing here. And then we, they didn't put us on Nitro. They put us, you know, we're, we're doing a 605 show or <laughs> nine, you're not the 905 in the morning on Saturday or Sunday. But they let us, Terry Taylor would let us be the dark match. So every night, Every Monday, we're at TV, and we get to go. And there was some point in the, you know, the, the time of us working together where all of a sudden you heard the whole crowd go, one, two, ah! And That's I look the greatest up with a, sound, man. I look up, I go, we got you. Damn right. <laughs> now you're just going to play with it, man. And I learned that from Steamboat. You know, and I yeah. learned that and then me be, you know, me being the heel and trying to get Mark to be more of that baby face. And later I stole that stuff, flipped it the around, around, you know, yeah. and used it. And, and worked sold. with Mach too, you know, and just poof, feed it right in. I mean, with Steamboat for me, we never hardly ever talked. You know, we'd talk, maybe we'd talk before the match for a few minutes, but, and just come up with a couple of spots, but everything else was just my action, your reaction. And I love doing that. I love doing that. That's that's very old style. But you know, today, you know, and it showed in the WrestleMania match. They got together several times and went through that match. And it shows. It does show. And not not to the fans, but it showed to me that maybe this is the new way, the right way. Because just watch the match. If that's yeah. not the answer, then who the hell are you? And there's no way in hell that you could go out there with somebody fresh and not have talked to them and still perform to that level. No, not that level. To come up with those things. Yeah. That many things. Yeah. You know, so maybe that is the new way. Let's let's talk about WrestleMania 3 for a minute here. Uh, first off, unfortunately, Jake, uh, you had the task of having to follow that match on that WrestleMania yeah. card. Uh, what are your recollections of after the match goes down, they come to the back, you're going out, you got Alice Cooper and everything, but yeah. do you remember there being a buzz from the locker room of, holy crap, those guys just tore it oh, down. Oh yeah, they killed it. They killed it. But fortunately for me, I, I was sure of what I was doing, you know, and where I was going. Plus, I had a little something extra. Yeah. Alice Cooper. And there was a point in the match when I was down selling and uh, uh, HTM <laughs> looked at Alice and started jawing with him. And then he took it to a different level and told Cooper, take that jacket off and get on in here, you sissy. Who the hell has a name, a man called Alice? You know, so that, that was a great moment, but it was easy to get the people back. You know, some guys are foolish. They'll go out after a match like that and immediately try to take the people higher. You can't. Forget it. Grab a hold. Grab a hold. <laughs> it's your storyline. Right. Mm. 
And that's what we did. By now, you know, I love my chili sleep, but let me explain why I am more productive than ever. And I got to tell you, I didn't prioritize sleep for most of my life. It wasn't until I got a chili sleep that I knew what I'd been missing. You know, a lot of times when Megan gets this question, Hey, what was it like growing up with Ric Flair as a dad? Hell, she didn't know any different. I didn't know any different about sleep until I got chili sleep. Let me explain. I used to sleep six hours a night, maybe sometimes seven hours a night. I might even find myself flipping the pillow over and over throughout the night. You know, the old thing, what did Stuart Scott used to say cooler than the other side of the pillow? Well, that was me. I would make sure that I had the fan on. I had the AC cranked out. I put one leg out from underneath the comforter. I had a whole system to make sure I didn't wake up all hot and sweaty. I knew I slept better when it was cool, but I didn't need to crank down the AC in my damn laundry room or pantry. I needed my bed to be cool. Well, chili sleep has made that happen, man. We're talking a customizable climate controlled sleep solution that helps you improve your total well-being. I know it's working for me. I've got the Uller, which is made by chili sleep. This is a temperature controlled mattress topper. It fits over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. These luxury mattress pads, keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Well, chili sleep can make that happen. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the chili blanket, the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. This has been a game changer in my life. My life, my wife, easy for me to say, my wife, uh, she likes to sleep a little warmer than I do. I like to sleep a little cooler. Chili sleep can make that happen too. Seriously, all in the same bed, y'all. Head over to chilisleep.com forward slash DDP snake to learn more and save 30%. That's right, 30% off the purchase of any new Cube or Uller sleep system. Now, this offer is available exclusively for DDP snake pit listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C H I L I sleep.com slash DDP snake to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up feeling refreshed every day. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Did you guys recognize that they had put on a? Did you guys recognize that they had put on a special match? Like not just you personally, as a whole, everyone knew what they had just done was special. Well, when I looked at the card, I knew they were going to. Yeah, right. (laughs) I didn't have to see the match. I looked at the talent that was going to the ring. I'm like, oh fuck, this is going to be fun following this one. But you got to know how to follow. And what you do is you go in and you start your story. You pause. Let the people come down. They're still shaking over there. Let them catch their breath. Now, after they caught their breath, you start taking it back up. That's what a wise man does. A fool will go out there and try to catch it and run, keep going with it. And guess what, folks? You're at the ceiling already. You can't go past that. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you think you're going to outdo Steamboat Savage, you're a friggin' fool. You know, give it a break, man. These guys are both over. They're both superstars, and they just opened up the package and said, look at what we've got for you. 
and they gave it all. They gave it all. Yeah, and and one of the things that uh, that I've said often on this uh, podcast that um, commitment. Yeah, I mean, when like there's nothing that when you watch Savage and Steamboat or Steamboat and Flair, there's nowhere near a moment where you think, oh, this is bullshit. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like this same, is, same with mainstream boat. You, you know, never, you never saw through anything. Right. That was the beauty of it. Yeah, we had really <clears throat> great work. That you can't see through the shit. They, when the fans <clears throat> are believing everything that you do, it's such a cakewalk, and it's such a pleasure to be in front of those type of fans. I remember going outside uh, the outside arena in Toronto. We had seventy five thousand people out there. <laughs> Not a small crowd. And every time Steamboat would hit me with a chop, they'd, whoa, whoa. Well, we went to Madison Square Garden with the same thing. And every time Steamboat went for a chop, I'd block it. I'd block it. Ha, ha, ha. I turn around, then I get one. Boom, they explode. But somewhere in the match, I set him up outside where I had to pull myself up and I leaned against the post. And he's, he's coming to give me the big chop. And as he does, I fall. And he chops the post. Now I take him in the ring and work his hand. Took the chop away from him. Now I'm getting my heat. And Steamboat selling it made it so easy. Yeah. One time he went to give me a chop. He went, no, no, I can't. I can't. And he pulled it back in there. Oh, no. So simple. I was just about to ask that, and this is for both of you as well. And you both worked with him at different times in his respective career. Jake, you tagged with him early on. DDP, you got to work with him a little later uh, as he's, you know, kind of winding things down on a full-time basis in WCW. How giving was he throughout the course of his career to both his opponents and his partners? You know, Steamboat would have probably been a little bit higher if he'd been more selfish. Mm. But he's such a giving guy that a lot of people took too much. Steamboat should have had more. Um, For me, I mean, in that vein, I'm bottom guy. You know, when I'm working with Ricky, and Ricky is making me out. Oh, yeah. You do that. Yeah, you hit him with something, he stays down. And the thing is, and, you know, we've all done it, gone out and grabbed the guy, pick him up. Ideally, I, I would like program my brain, stop his hand, kick him in the side, you know, freaking do things to him while he's down. So I have to pick it up and then take it back down again. But I did it. We all did it. We get caught up in that shit. But proper selling as a baby face, when I was a heel for all those years, it really taught me how to be a babyface. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's why. Well, I, you know, when you you understood that you wanted what you wanted exactly, duh. Which is what Ricky Morton and Ricky Steamboat never really getting that time to learn that it came instinctive to both of those boys. Yeah. You know, and Ricky's still out there doing it. Oh, I don't know. I'll never forget the time. I'm at center stage and I'm just breaking in. And you know me. I got the knee brace. I got the pads on. I got the knee braces. I got the pads over the pads. You like just these, come out of the hospital. <laughs> I've got the elbow pads. I'm taping my wrist and Morton. And fingers. And, and, yeah, and fingers. And Norton. Morton. Norton. And Ricky Morton is walking out of 
<laughs> he's walking out of the locker room. Smoking the driver of a cigarette. He looks down at me and he goes, what are you, you playing middle linebacker tonight? <laughs> I go, dude, I'm just trying to protect the joints and stuff. And I don't understand. We all want football fanatics. I don't know how these kids are at least wearing elbow, some kind of neoprene on their elbows and knees. It yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Those it doesn't make you any faster. <laughs> I mean, your elbows are going to like, I know buddies of mine who can't do that. Yeah, They can't do because because of all the elbow injuries. But for me personally, I was just trying to prolong to keep it, hold back the heads of time as long as I could. Because when you start at 35 and a half, it's a yeah. different animal, you yeah. know? And he caught a lot of flack over it. <laughs> oh, boy, did I. Boy, people used to rib him, man. Oh, my God. It was oh, brutal. my God. <laughs> you, ended up, you ended up working out all right at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, I can't work okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Something did. <laughs> well, I want to turn back the clock a little bit here. Uh, Jake, you know, you, you come across Ricky when he, he's really young. Both of you guys get in the business around the same time. Uh, your first impressions of him as a human being, forget even the working Oh, stuff. my God. He is probably the nicest guy in wrestling I've ever met. A genuine gentleman. Uh, I had the ultimate respect for him as a man, as a wrestler, as a human being. Uh, I can't think of one bad thing. I've ever seen him do even on the edge. I think the worst thing I ever seen him do was involving me probably had something to do with it. <laughs> we had picked up this, this wrestler, a guy that never quite made it. And he had been partying all night and we picked him up at the hotel in Charlotte and we had to go to Columbia, South Carolina for a show, which is like 120 miles. And this guy looks like hell. He'd been up all night doing all the crazy stuff. And he's in the back seat and he's falling asleep. I mean, I'm like, dude, you need a little pick me up, don't you? And he's like, when could I use that? Well, Steamboat, in the meantime, has got a magazine and he's pouring out sweet and low on it. <laughs> and we said, okay, dude, we got a little bit. You can have the rest of it. And we handed it to him. He went, oh, I love you guys. Oh, my God, you guys are the best. And he did it. And then he goes, ah, hey, now I'm ready, man. Woo, woo, woo. Let's go, guys. I'm ready. Ah, thank you, God. You saved me. I'm going to have a good match tonight. Your mind will trick you. Your mind will trick you. But Steamboat killed it because the guy got about 10 miles down the road. He goes, man, I wish we could get some more of that. Steamboat. <laughs> Steamboat said, no problem. And he drove through a McDonald's and he asked for two sweet and low. <laughs> and we poured them out and the guy went, oh man, I knew something was messed up with that stuff. You know, he's trying to pick boogers out of his nose. You're lucky sweet and low didn't kill him. I would never have started that. Sugar, <laughs> I thought you were saying in the beginning. No. Now, let me ask you, when Ricky broke in, did he break in that Charlotte area? No. Whatever did he break in at? I think he was around Atlanta. I'm not positive. Maybe Florida. Yeah. So so he debuts uh, in the AWA, and then he goes through Florida. 
Uh, wow. and, and Eddie Graham is actually the one that gives him the ring name Ricky Steamboat uh, because he resembled Sammy Steamboat, a Hawaiian Sammy wrestler. Yeah. And he, he broke in as Rick Blood, but ironically, right. it's the conversation that we're talking about here. He felt that Rick Blood was a too heelish of a name. And that, you think? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's that, his real name. Is that his real name? Yeah, Richard Blood. Yeah, okay. so, so he's going by his, his shoot name, and he breaks in and they say, no, that's that's too heelish. You're you look like a consummate babyface. What about Ricky Steamboat made him a consummate babyface? His total look and I, the way he postured himself and his kindness. Is who he was. Yeah, you know? it's who he was, man. You know, I mean, you watch him go into the ring, you don't think a bad guy. You think, you know, even when he was doing the dragon stuff, you love the guy. You know, and uh, when he spewed the fire, I mean, I tag team with him, okay, which was so easy, so easy, because he was constantly giving me the spot that, that made me a star. Mm. He would go out and sell and give me the comeback. Of course, there's a little bit of a rib on that, <laughs> because if you sell properly and you tag, you've got to make that monstrous comeback, which you blow up in, you know, and that's hard work. And Steamboat would go out there and just sail, and, and he'd raise his hand to tag me. And he'd have people in the front row crying, come on, Jake, do something. He's really hurt. You know, they're cussing me out because <laughs> Steamboat can't get to me. Just go in the ring and help him. Oh, yeah. I'll be cussing him, you bastard. You. <laughs> and he'd intentionally get me drawn away from my corner and then he'd dive across the ring for the tag and I'm not there and by the time I get back to the corner the heels have got him again and pulled him back out in the middle of the ring so he had his fun too but we had some we had some fun matches you know I was very fortunate to tag with him and Barry Windham and Jay Youngblood decent decent you know? talent <laughs> Fairly decent, yeah, yeah. Jay Youngblood, Wyndham was uh, another character. Uh, Dallas, we just heard Jake's first introductions to him and and his first impressions of him. When were you first introduced to Ricky's uh, work and uh, your first interactions with him person to person as well? What were those like? Um, I, you know, for in the beginning, I was a manager, and you know, so I always. As much as, you know, I, I Jake, uh, Stone Cold were like anti-heroes at one point, you know, in, in time for me, I, I eventually just completely flipped over to just walk that line, but still baby face. I always loved having a true baby face with a true heel because of the story that comes out of it. It's so much easier. Like personally, if I worked with Sting, I would turn myself heel. You know, because you're not going to be a baby face working no. with Seal, uh, with, with Singer. And, you know, watching his work, again, looking at that's what I want the guy I'm working with to do when I'm the heel. So trying to, you know, just remember little spots. So I would write down everything. I was one of the first guys to ever do that. And I would write hope spots comebacks, you know, uh, uh, heat spot, you know, things like that. And I would take a lot of them. Like I told you, when, when Mark, when Mark Merrill and I, if you go back and look at my matches with Mark Merrill and I'm a heel there and Merrill is a true baby face, we didn't take their exact spots, 
but we took some of them and then we took other ones and just made them our own. And it was watching Ricky, how he would sell. And I was showing Mark, like, look what he's doing right here. And, you know, staying down and grabbing, like I would do it later as a baby face, watching him and like, and Jake taught me this too, like work your way to the rope, grab the first rope, then grab the second rope and pull yourself up. I remember I was working with Jake one time and we were in Philippines and I would, you know, and uh, he was down and he literally put like a hand on my on my tights and one knee and then the other knee and he come up oh, boy. and he grabs me and he goes, punch me. <laughs> Back down. <laughs> but it's that time you take coming up. There's hope. There's hope. He's getting this ready. Boom. On his ass again. And if you watch Steamboat, he never just went and died. He didn't die. So he there's moved. a big difference between and selling and dying. trying to do like I love going back and watching the match with him and Flair and you know just how they exchange stuff and you know and how Nate put him on top, put him on top, put him on top. Now let's get that heat. And he's gonna he's gonna sell and he's gonna feed right into that and then still catch that hope spot and here that, there. That one, two, oh, you know. And when you get the crowd doing that and it, Really, if you go back and look at that time, there wasn't, I don't know anybody else who was doing it because I was always trying to be different then, but I'm just taking what I learned from some of the greats of all time, you know, who's going to take care of your family. If something happens to you, what would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to goliathlife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. You know, let me tell you, I used to dread taking the time and effort to fertilize my lawn, but now I look forward to it. Seriously, Sunday's lawn care products are so quick and easy. I don't even have to go to the store. Everything is delivered right to my door. And here's the thing, man, your yard is supposed to be your personal oasis. So it deserves the best Sunday helps you grow a beautiful lawn, control pests and fight weeds without any of the toxic stuff. Sunday's custom lawn care is effective and super easy. Just go to getsunday.com, put in your address and their lawn analysis tool does the rest. They use soil and climate data to create a personal nutrient plan delivered straight to your door when you need it. Sunday's lawn care products are made with your family in mind. And that's why they use ingredients you can feel good about, like seaweed, iron, and molasses. And the best part, it really works. And Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off. Full season plans start at just $129, and you can get 20% off when you visit GetSunday.com slash DDPSnake at checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash DDPSnake. Are guys flattered? When they find that out, hey, we patterned this after what you guys did in in your WrestleMania match. Like, do you have those conversations with talent like Ricky Steamboat? Well, I I, I found you know anybody ever say anything to me about it, I'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. Do it, take it. Yeah. When people said, man, are you, I'm so pissed off. We were talking about Randy Orton the other day, and I was saying how much I loved that he did it. The headlines, he's. Fuckers right are like DDP calls out or yeah, pissed yeah, 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 pissed off and like, up. what that really the, the triple H thing too. I was talking about how he took the diamond cutter one day and I said, Hey buddy, could you please not do that? He said, no problem. And he did. It was like such a, re, it was such a respect thing. And uh, 
Triple H and I have been tight since the day he walked in when he was Paul Levesque, who is his real name, and terrorizing. We've always had an amazing relationship. They, those stupid headline people, I, I just like this bitch slap them. For, but I know they're trying to get people to grab it. And then they got to go and they tell the real story. Yeah. You know? It's really it horseshit, man. It's really, really horseshit. You know? That's why we're telling the real stories here on DDP Snake Pit. And that's why yeah. you're tuning in here. On you're one of those guys that probably wrote that, Dallas. You realize that? <laughs> <laughs> um, TV on it that's right. Um, no, but. You you just brought up the Ric Flair matches, right? Like these iconic yeah. matches that some people say are the greatest matches uh, ever put on. And and to have that moniker attached to your body of work and your resume, that is something that I would have to imagine you put very high expectations on yourself every time you step foot in the ring. What kind of expectations did Ricky set for himself whenever he would go out there? I don't think he set expectations. Mm. He just went out and did his job, man. You know, I think he is the most, you know, we're, we're really putting him over here, but it's the truth. It's easy to do. But I think he's the most underrated. Oh, absolutely. Of all absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I think totally. he's the most underrated yeah. of all and time. The reason being is because he didn't have that vicious side to it. I think if Steamboat would have been a heel for six months, he'd have been a better baby face. No. It, it, the people might have <laughs> let's, let's see who can turn him heel. <laughs> why? Why do you think that, Jake? Why do you think a, a short little heel run? Because he pushed for a heel run in WWF, and Pat Patterson yeah. said no. So why do you think yeah. a heel run would have benefited him? Because you learn so much. <clears throat> you learn so much when you're on the other side. I mean, I didn't really get get it until I turned heel. I've been a babyface from the beginning, and when I turned heel, man man, all these new ideas and started coming into my mind and I started thinking differently and projecting differently. And I think if he had had the opportunity, he'd have probably been just as good, you know, but who knows? But it's, it's something that happens when you make that shift. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it, something it that reignites happens. you. Yeah. It reignites you. And for, and for us, I, I think the coolest thing is when they turn you. Oh, Whether yeah. it's good or heel or face, yeah, it's way. good, man. You just got to jump. You got to yeah. jump on it, you know. And I was lucky enough that, you know, because Scott Hall used to always say, "You're not a heel, Dallas. <laughs> You're a baby face." Yeah, like no, 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 no. Like that time I was doing with Eddie Guerrero when I was grab the mic and cut that promo on him. He's like, "What are you doing? You had the people." And then what do they do when you told them, I don't need you cheering for me? Yeah. They shut up. Yeah. Like, Duh. Oh, don't ask idea. them to do that. Well, <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point you just brought up, though, that you feel like maybe he's the most underrated Hall of Famer yeah. of all time. Yeah. I, I'm in agreement with that because when you ask people their Mount Rushmore, very rarely do you hear Ricky Steamboat get brought up. But, I mean, work rate-wise, he, he's right up there with anybody. It does right. Let, let's dive into the character stuff, the, the dragon, the martial arts background. Uh, did that work in that era? And, and if so, why was it successful? I think it was successful because you got all the Bruce Lee stuff happening back in those days, man. And, and he was believable. He was believable with it. I think he could have been better if he would have had some move that was a kill shot. Mm. See? Uh, 
I think that was the one mistake that he made. You know, he should have had a move, whether it be, I mean, let's just take it from Shawn Michaels, you know, the, the kick, the super kick. If he had a move like that in his repertoire, and I'm sure he could do it, <laughs> he just didn't. He always beat you with something else, a wrestling maneuver. I think that's what was missing from his repertoire. You know, if he had some dynamic kill shot, or whether it be, I don't know. Did you like, like a super the, kick? Did you like the juxtaposition of the dragon versus the snake? You guys had the snake pit stuff that you guys. Oh did God, we had, we both hated that shit. <laughs> he had that komodo. You know, he had that komodo dragon. That man, had to be heavy. Oh, it was heavy <laughs> and it was mean. Oh wow! And that thing <laughs> is a flesh eater, folks. It eats meat. Okay. And of course, the boys being the boys, oh god, they go in and mess with it. When I say mess with it, what they would do, and maybe I did it once. Oh, man, <laughs> his his mouth had like this big rubber band around it, you know. And sometimes it looked like it was too tight for me, being an animal lover. And I would loosen it up a little bit, and he would like. Open his mouth and jump like that. So Steamboat's got to be sure he doesn't get any part of him in that mouth now. And then somebody removed his paw things. Those talons, man, cut you. Oh my god! And Steamboat's side got cut up really bad one time. And I didn't do that one. Mm. I didn't do that one. But I, uh, I would have hated that gimmick. And then I had the snake. <laughs> and I had the snake. I've got a picture at home where he's got the komodo here. And I've got the snake here, and I'm taking a bump because I'm selling that damn Komodo dragon, <laughs> you know, because I'm a great worker thing. <laughs> but uh, the same night that he, we did that was the night the snake almost killed me. And uh, that was in, out? Yeah, in Indianapolis. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got, wondered that. You had to get wrapped around your he head. got around down. my neck, and Steamboat came with the Komodo, and I sold it and went down. But the snake was around my neck. He doesn't choke you out. He gets these things that go to your brain. And all I remember is seeing car lights coming at me. Oh, my goodness. And this happened in a matter of five seconds. Because you got to remember, your, your heart's pumping like a son of a bitch right now. Sure. And all of a sudden, it's blocked right. to the brain. And you go down. Well, I went down, and the snake cinched up. Ooh. I was already out. Steamboat had the dragon, and he seen that. Fuck Jake. Jake! And he yells at me, and I'm just, and it's tightening up, and my face is turning purple. Right. And he put the dragon down and come in and undone the snake off of me. Wow. You can't break that bind when a snake has you, because their scales interlock. Really? Yeah. The interlock, you can't break it. You have to get under the end, one end or the other and unravel it. Right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. And Steamboat did, did that. When I came back to, there was only about that much of the snake left in the ring. The rest of it was in the first and the second ropes. And the people were moving. <laughs> now, Vince told me, if it ever gets in the crowd, don't come to the next show. You're fired. And I reached over and grabbed the tail and just pulled as hard as I could and jerked it back into the ring. Wow. 
And uh, the really crazy thing about that Look at is, his face. Yeah. <laughs> the really crazy thing about that is the next time I came to Indianapolis, I come driving up, maybe you pull your car inside the building. And I pulled in and these cops are coming at me. And I see the building manager. He's like, come here. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? What's going on? And these cops are like, we need you over here. I'm like, yeah, 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 man. What'd I do? What'd I do? I got my hands up. Mm. Now, I might have smelled a little bit like marijuana, but it's a cologne I was using. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the building manager says to me, we've had over 500 phone calls wanting to know if you're going to have the same snake with you. Oh, my. I'm like, well, what difference does that make? Because they want to watch that son of a bitch kill you. Wow. Mm. Wow. Interesting to know. Meanwhile, Ricky quite literally saved your life that night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's the only time that snake has put me out completely. Wow. It's Uh, it's so funny because where you said here, on the side, I, I will never forget. I was I was running one of my clubs in Asbury Park, God, early eighties. And this one buddy of mine, he was like, he was all jacked up, coked yeah. up, and everything. And he wouldn't he wouldn't shut up. And I just and we're up like two steps, and the whole thing was tile, mm-hmm. right? So we're up on the platform bar, and a step and a step, and in the ground. And I just grab, I go, calm the fuck down. And he, he went like fell out of my hands. And I'm watching him go slow motion. Boom. And I can see his head bounce off the tile. And now I'm like, oh my God. You got these. Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking I killed him. Yeah, absolutely. So I go down to grab him to pick him up, but he's been sweating. So when I grab the shirt and pull him, the whole back of his shirt rips off. And I'm thinking I killed him. I ripped his shirt off. I'm freaking toast. My life's over. You know, all of a sudden goes through my head. He starts coming to <coughs> do my bouncers, help me take him back to my office. He's going, dude, what happened? I go, I don't know. You just passed out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I was trying to hold you up. <laughs> There's no video cameras back then. No. Oh, my God. No. That was, but you're talking about that. Yeah. That's what I saw. Yeah. And I remember you telling me. Yeah, you don't choke out. It's these Two things here, man. It stops the flow. You can do it to yourself. If you push hard on there, you'll feel your head getting lightheaded. And... I'm not going to try to do Jake, that right now. Jake is smartened to be up <laughs> to something. Like yeah. if everything ever happens, he told me. I remember you telling me, take the end of the snake. and Because we'll, you're not going to pull. You can't. I, I it's impossible. The, yeah, the scales, scales. interlock. Yeah, that's crazy. Did Ricky know to do that? Did you make that? Yes. Him ahead? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Wow. See, if you think about those scales, man. What a snake does is they'll lie showing, right? Now here's the scales. They'll sit there and wait for you to exhale. Because when you exhale, what happens? You get smaller. Mm-hmm. They'll tighten up a little bit more. Oh, boy. Yeah, right. Now you go to breathe again. You exhale. You tighten up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon. See ya. <sighs> Man, those, yeah. those pre-match convos, you're like, okay, so a uh, small package here. And by the way, if the snake wraps around my neck, uh, just pull it by the tail. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's pretty incredible. Um, Unlike hell. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? 
SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. We've we've talked already so much about how just great of a worker in between those ropes he was, but how critical of his own work was he? There are a lot of pro wrestlers who can't even watch their own matches back. I'm one. I'm one. Dallas, do you have any interactions with him about his work? You no, know, I've, I've, I've never. I don't think. I think you know when I was with him, and he was just so good. He's so yeah. mellow, man. He's so, such a chilled cat, you know. Uh, Confident what he does, you know. You know, it's you know, it's pretty much legend. You know, as far as you know, me, I filmed everything because I, I had a short box of window. I never thought. <laughs> end up working really on and off till I was 49. I never imagined that starting at 35. Why would I? Um, but, you know, uh, just watching everything for me, it's hard. If, if it's good, I can watch it over and over and over I again. Can't. But if it's not, I, I can't watch it. I can't even hear the promo. I'll just go, okay, forget that one. I don't want to watch that. Even my best stuff, I, I, I can still pick parts. I'll pick it apart. And I found out me doing that was bringing me down mentally. So I'd rather hear what you thought of it or what a fan thought of it. My dad told me something early on. He said, if you ever want to know what's going on, ask the fans. Makes sense. They're the ones that buys the tickets. Right. So that's that. What I love about Ricky's career is that he has the first retirement. He stays in the business and then he has a little bit of a second run that not a whole lot of people talk about, but he did some stuff in TNA. He did some stuff ring of honor. And then he, he did the, the Jericho little program that he did in 2009 worked WrestleMania, Jimmy Snooker and Roddy Piper, and then had a singles match with Jericho. It's always cool seeing the legends hop back in and go. And sometimes you're like, eh, I don't know if they should, but when that guy stepped back in, it was like the magic never left. Yeah. Yeah, he looked great. <laughs> he didn't have any sagging parts like we do. <laughs> or like I do. Yeah, but he looked I, I was I was really I wasn't surprised. No. But I was blown away. I was like, damn, man. You know, but again, he's one of those guys that could come back and do that because he took care of himself. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys don't take care of themselves. You and know, he wasn't he, a big partier. Yeah. Except for the sweet and low, of course. All that. Well, that's why I didn't travel with him much. <laughs> Probably would have been way better for you. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Or worse for him. Or worse for him. Yeah, there is yeah. that. But I think he'd have been okay. How was he in terms of uh, mentoring younger people uh, over the course oh, yeah. of his career? Yeah, he, he's a helper, man. Yeah, he helps you when you're in the ring. He helps you out of the ring, man. And he's very cool about doing it. He, he's not allowed like some guys are trying to help you, but they're trying to embarrass you at the same time. You know, bring you down, put you in your place. Not Steamboat, man. He just, hey, come on, ask you something. He didn't say, I want to tell you something. He'd say, I want to ask you something. Would it be better if you did it this way? Just the way he says things. Do you have any recollections of that, Dallas, when you were maybe trying to get the wheels churned in a little bit in WCW? Oh, no, he... Yeah, he. Uh, when we worked together, he was he was he's like very much like I am. You know, he's very, he'll help people and 
give them advice. And he was really easy like that, man. Like, and some guys, you know, they don't have the time. They won't watch your match or whatever. Steamboat would watch your match, you know? And, and that, that helps promote a healthier industry, right? Like that, that it doesn't have to be the old way. Cause I think a lot of people yeah. are territorial, but yeah. that sort of thing, uh, it helps. There's it. not enough of it. Yeah. There's not enough of it. And unfortunately I've, uh, I love working for uh, folks, man. I mean, this little run I've been doing with uh, Lance Archer and everything. I've tried to help some guys and they just like shun me off. Crazy. (laughs) And I just sit there with my mouth open. Did this guy just blow me off? (laughs) And I mean, I actually had one guy tell me, Hey man, I got my contract. Wow. Wow. But it's a different age today. It's more business today. Mm -hmm. And these guys back in the old days, you'd walk around with a six pack in your bag. These guys today come around with the computer in their bag and they got this and they got that. They're schooling themselves in a different way. And and that's okay. Some of it really works. It does. Some of it. If you look at some of the older guys, and when I say older, I'm talking about like Sam Punk, um, Brian Danielson, uh, you know. Um, they would start it. Okay. Yeah, but, but these guys are really turning into the real storytellers today. Yeah. You know, like they're out there. They're not, you know, they've slowed down. Yeah. You know, because of age, but, but also work. IQ, like their yeah. stuff is awesome. You know, I mean, I I love watching what they're doing, and they're, I they're do. It's, it's helping. It's helping to. Uh, it's kind of like a mixture of old school and new school. Yeah, because they're still doing some pretty amazing, awesome crazy stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, with that said, and that's a great way to tee this up. Who is one person from today's era that each of you would like to have seen mix it up with Prime Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? Oh, anybody. Anybody pick one person for me, Jake. Oh, one person. I mean, who would just put on an absolute banger with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? Uh, when you say crusade, like kill it when the show, like a, a matra, a flare. Um, you know, I, I would I would say Brian Danielson as a yeah, yeah, that's, as, that's as a, a heel. Given. That's a given. Uh, I would love to see like MJF in him. Yes, because oh. you know, being MJF the would learn. <laughs> yeah, but he, but he's such the old school heel. Yeah. you know that I, I would love to see that. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there, there's there's a lot of great talent. A lot of guys out there. out there, man. If you were to give today's talent one Ricky Steamboat match to go back and watch and study, what would it be? Probably Steamboat Savage. I would say the same for yeah. Steve and Flair. Either one. And, and I'm sure you can grab a bunch of other matches too. Yeah. 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 But uh, but those two, you know, they just they, they last. They'll be watching those because wrestling's never gonna go away. You know, it may change and keep changing. It's kind of like you if you look at basketball, where it was in the 80s and then yeah. the 90s, th- these kids today. Like, and I say this with respect as far as athletes, there's like, when I'm on uh, Instagram, I'm not looking at like stupid videos. 
No. I'm looking at your inspirational stuff. Yeah. I'm looking at basketball because I love basketball players because I was one myself. But these kids today, I just saw a kid on this dunk channel that they have. Oh, my God. He hit the top um, little bar because you know how high your vertical is. At six, excuse me, at 12 foot 10. Oh, my goodness. 12, that's two feet and 10 inches, almost three feet above the rim. Like, and you see some of these guys are flying. They're They're flying. flying. I don't know how they're, and if you do look at some of the athletic stuff that you see, like you you see it with um, Ricochet. Uh, you see it with uh, Sky. You see some of the athleticism that these guys are putting in the ring. The other guys I'm watching, they're landing on their feet. Those poor guys, they're landing on their back a lot after doing some spectacular stuff. But, you know, the, the, the thing is, the game is constantly changing. There are, I've said it sometimes, it's like a video game. You know, other times it's like a storytelling video game. Yeah. You know, all in all, it's just better athletes today. Yeah. yeah. You know, with the engineering that they put out there that's available to these kids, uh, from, from the shoes to the protein drinks to the recovery, Jesus Christ, he was the first guy to ever bring bags of ice into the locker room. <laughs> We thought he was going to ice that. beer with it. <laughs> but I did. He probably did. <laughs> I, I just think Ricky, you know, maybe gimmick aside, because I don't know how gimmick would have translated to today's generation, but work rate wise, Ricky would have fit right in with today's right in, yeah. worker, yeah. and yeah. he would have been Absolutely. outstanding. And uh, I, I want to both. He's one, of the original, he's one of the original high flyers. Yeah. Right. You know, long there was super. And I thought about that. You know, when you see him going off the top rope to the floor and stuff and doing a double axe handle, but he knew he had two or three guys there. He'd be full swan time. Oh, God. You know, so if you, if you were to bring him into this and made him come up the same way he came up just in set of 1976, I think it was, uh, in, 19, in 2016. And start. Know, Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, probably way better for him that he started what he did. Yeah, because a lot of these guys, they have no idea how long they, they're going to last. They have no idea how, how, what they're going to feel like. Yeah. They have no idea, and I know more than anything, I was risque, but not that bad. It was all in my forties, though. You know, these guys are—they've they, been going since their twenties. Yeah, many. Of There's going to be a few that survive long term, but for the most, they're not. And the sad thing is. Unless you emotionally connect with the fans, you're not going to be remembered. Bottom line. More than a fair and point. A lot of these guys do not emotionally connect with the fans. And and that, that was that's one of my favorite quotes ever by Maya Angelou. She said they she said in her years she learned that they may not remember who you are or what you said, but you will remember the way they made you feel. Right. And that's the emotion, you know, and that's why when like my, my wife Paige will be out and it's crazy, but I, I'll still, and I know you do the same thing. I didn't recognize anywhere from five to 10 times every time you go a out. day. Yeah. You know, like, and it isn't like not oh, counting the airports and shit, you know, I'm talking about, I, I wouldn't bought a. We bought a table cause we can't yeah. find 
tables. We gave the table to the crib for yeah, 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 yeah. guy. Oh, you go in a furniture store, there's gonna be three or four guys that know you. But this was a guy that I was actually buying a table from my wife had got it. And when he shook my hand, he goes, I, I said, Hey, I'm Dallas. I'm Alex. He went, Dallas? I went, Yeah. And we uh, now we're talking, we're getting a table, and he goes, GDP and man, it's my his daughter's like three. No, this is a legend. <laughs> yeah, like, no, he was my guy. And it's like because they remember the way you made them feel. That's the you key. Know? And yeah. that's 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 the most. That's what makes part. legends. And and you know, it's a shame his son Richie had a, had a short run in in the original NXT system, and I would have loved to have seen if he had made it uh, just a little bit higher. Uh, Jake, in particular, do you have any recollections of his son coming up through the industry and whether or not he had aspirations of trying to make it? My son? Or? No, no, no of, Rich, of Richie Steamboat, uh, Ricky's son. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would like to have seen him had more time. Yeah. But it's a different beast now. And uh, you got to go after it with an intensity these days. And you have to be able to be willing to risk your body. And I don't think he did that as much as people would like to have seen. Yeah. Good looking kid. It all goes back to who points the finger at you. You know what I'm saying? There's been a lot of great athletes and great wrestlers that never made it to the top. Yeah, I look at someone like Brad Armstrong. Yeah. Oh my he, God. He was he had everything. That, that's another Ricky Steamboat-esque type worker. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Brad Armstrong. I learned so much from him. And he would actually come and work out with me at the power plant sometimes. And so I'm learning from one of the Armstrongs. And I mean, Brad was he was the best when he first coming up. And I had this idea for him. And he thought I was ribbing him, but I was serious as a heart attack. You know, he could be anyone. He could be oh, yeah. a black Jamaican he, one day. He could be a redneck from friggin' Alabama. He's the next such day. a great actor. He could do English. Man. He could do anyone. anything. And I had this idea. This is when Beck Vader was was in WCW. And I said, you take the power. Like he, he, of course, he just kills you. Yeah. And he eventually... Power bombs you on the ground and you're out. And they stretcher you away. We come back at some point, you know, come back to the, you know, the locker room and all of a sudden he's speaking like he's from England. Yeah. You know, that would be awesome, man. Right. And then he goes out again and then he's up and he's a Jamaican. Yeah. Then they call him the chameleon. Oh my God, dude. I thought I wanted him. And he would have got that over, man. He'd have got it over so huge. But he thought he was, I was ribbing him. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm Brad, I swear to God. And the other one I really wanted to help was uh, Brian Adams, who was one of the greatest guys ever. And he would do Tiger from Japan, the Japanese guy who spoke like an Italian, but he spoke Italian with a Japanese accent. When he did Tiger, oh my God, he would make me cry. I go, here's the deal. We put a hood on you. And you just be that character. And he was like, no, there's no, you're, you're, he thought I was ribbing. I'm like, yeah. you'll be more. Cause he, he out there, he was the big badass. God, yeah, yeah. He didn't bring his charisma 
to the character. Never did. And if he would have, and I love that guy, man. I, he was I a good was man. really blown away that he passed so early. <sighs> I loved him. He was such a great human being. And he would have, if he just, just, just trusted me for a month. And I had some stroke then where I could have actually made that one happen. That would have been cool. That oh, would have been so cool. Yeah, Crush was was so underrated and so underappreciated by uh, yeah. a lot of fans, I feel like. But um, I, I want to bow tie our conversation here guys about ricky the dragon steamboat with this one final thing and i was came across this in my prep and it and i remembered it and i know you just recently hit on it a little bit jake but uh in, in your hall of fame speech and dallas i know this was a big moment for you as well uh ricky stood up and, and acknowledged yeah. jake yeah. Uh, what was that moment like for both of you uh, God, that, that connection it was more important to me than ben standing up i'll tell you that <laughs> Because I spent so much time in the ring with him. And because I thought I'd killed him. You know? And no matter how many times I apologized for that. Even though I told him it was impossible to do, it didn't matter. I've, I've just almost killed the loveliest man I've ever met. And you're referring to the DDT on the concrete? Yeah. yeah. And... I've understood that he's having a few problems now uh, with issues. Well, I think we all do. Yeah, but it, there's, a, there's a part of me that says, what if I hadn't done that, you know? And uh, for him to stand up and acknowledge me and, and point a finger at me, man, I wanted to run out there and give him a big kiss. I thought it was awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, Just acknowledging you know, your peers. Yeah, that's, that's pretty damn cool, man. Anything else you guys would like to add about Ricky, his legacy, his career, what made him great? I think we, I think we got it covered. All, it. <laughs> I'm sure there's stuff we forgot, but sorry, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a ton and more. The consummate baby face. And, and as you just said, even with that great uh, Maya Angelou quote, it's it's how they make you feel. And, and Ricky certainly made a lot of people yeah. feel throughout the course of his I career. will say one thing. When I got my Hall of Fame ring and I just take pictures with – Triple H and Vince and the group and everything. And Ricky was in there and he was sitting down and I sat down next to him and he said, you're a part of a very elite club now. He said, welcome. And, and he gave me a big hug and uh, meant a lot. That's all. Awesome. It meant a lot. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, I appreciate you guys both opening up about Ricky here and on this great episode of DDP snake pit. Uh, it will be different next week. well next week we're going to talk next week about a guy that you brought up both of you brought up and that's going to be mjf and i'm very excited to take a deep dive into mjf and and what your guys uh respective thoughts are about his trajectory and what he could end up being in professional wrestling it'll be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun uh again guys if you want to interact with jake and ddp head on over to cameo.com and uh, get in on some of that fun. And uh, DDP, you guys are going to be heading over to the UK soon. Is that correct? Oh, I'm I'm working on a tour right now. So let everybody know, let people know out there in the UK. Me and Paige are going to be coming out there. We're looking to do a whole tour like I did about three years ago. Just looking for the right place I want to start at. Because I'll start at a Comic-Con, one of those out there. And then we'll let people know in the coming weeks. I love that. You, rumor has it you might even end up uh, out in Alaska at some point. So that's some cool stuff going on over there. I appreciate both of you guys. I hope everyone enjoyed this, and we'll see you next time here on DDP Snake Pit.